Asaduddin. Suleiman. Chat to me, bro. How you been? I've been well, man. It's been a long setup again, but we're, we're, we're refining it as we go, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, man. This week, two things stuck out to me, man. I watched mm. two, two things, both on YouTube, coincidentally. One was a documentary called My Brother Jordan, which I would recommend anyone to go watch. It came out sometime this year in the summer, and basically it's about a brother who made a documentary about his brother that passed away due to cancer. And he spent, I think, eight years, eight or nine years making this documentary. Mm. And it's literally hours, or what was initially hours of footage of just interviews and home videos just put together in an hour talking about his brother's life and why his brother was so influential on so many people's lives. And it was just so good. His brother that made it happened to be a filmographer. Okay, okay. So he knew what he was doing in terms of piecing together things to make a story and it just stood out it just really like one of the things i took away from it is the power that my, i suppose people that don't get the limelight can have on mm. others and have on others and i think in an in a way it's something that we try to convey in what we do with have you met and so that 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 resonated with me but also the inevitability of death yeah and how people deal with it um he was talking about at a point his brother knowing he was gonna die so he got the call from the doctor that you have three months to live and his brother who was a very strong person throughout his life someone that a lot of people depend on very level-headed kind of there was at points he broke down etc and i mean naturally right but it just kind of is a sobering reminder, I think, of that. And for me, that was one of the most powerful things about it. So those two things I took away. And another thing I watched was a lecture by a lecturer at a university in America called Carnegie Mellon. His name is Randy Putsch. And he delivers a lecture series at the end of every academic year. And he calls it My Last Lecture. And I think one of the premises is that he tells the students, if you had one last lecture to give the world before you die, like you're going to die tomorrow, have one last chance to talk about something, what would that thing be? So he chose his last lecture to be about his childhood ambitions and how he achieved them and how others can achieve their own childhood ambitions. This man also got diagnosed with terminal cancer, so he was going to die in three months. Mm. And the way he started the, the lecture was saying, look, don't have pity for me. I know I'm going to die in three months. You're probably wondering, like, why am I so upbeat? He said, look, I've dealt with all of that stuff before. Don't try to have pity on me. Like, I'm in better health than you. So he started doing like push-ups in front of the audience. He's like, so if you want to have pity on me, come and do some push-ups and then <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who <laughs> should really have pity on who, innit? Because yeah. he's like, I'm just... And I, yeah, it was true. Like He was just in like very, very good health. And um, that one thing I took away from watching that is that... He said a line... that I want to talk about today and it was most of what we learn is incidental most of the things we learn we don't learn because we meant we, we went into that room or that space wanting to learn about that thing most of it is just we happen to be somewhere and we see something and then it kind of that's what we register so yeah man 
over evil. Yeah, man. Both what? of those things. Both of those things sound like very. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They they sound like very. I want to say moving or impactful. Um, uh, impactful forms of um, of content, I guess. Um, with the first one in particular stood out to me because it links to the concept that we were speaking about in our last episode about the grey man and about so many people in history um, in the current present day who do amazing work, who impact uh, countless numbers of people but don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, and to imagine that this guy was a professional filmographer but it still took eight years to mm. produce it. Mm -hmm. So you can just imagine the quality of production. Like, I'm definitely going to yeah. go check that out when I get some free time this week. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the second, your second um, highlight from the week. Yeah, man, I think, I think it's very powerful to, to remember death. And it's, 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 this is a bit of a somber way to start the conversation. But... Um, and we, we've, we've discussed this in previous episodes, how many of the guests we've brought on have mentioned the passing of their loved ones as a very transformative moment in their lives. Um, so, yeah, pondering, reflecting on death just makes you realise how urgent, how, like, I remember Mobin, the, the Mobin put it so well. He was just like, as soon as his father passed away, he realised that this life is short. That in terms of you, just there's a sense of urgency you have about achieving the things that matter to you. Um, that's super powerful and it's, it's crazy uh, my last lecture that's, uh, this, that's such yeah, a sick title trust me. that's such a sick title and I think people who don't have a terminal illness and don't have like something hovering over their head should should um, like I think I would personally like to um, implement those things into my like mm. year or my I mean my month like what's like, I don't know like um, I'm trying to think of a good example like um my, obviously I'm not a lecturer so I can't do my last lecture but I could do my last um, my last evening of, of writing or mm. maybe you know I mean like my last evening of um, like giving like people phone calls I don't know just trying not to be so sure that I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning mm. so that I can do really important things I, I don't know it's not super practical to do that every day mm. but like just making it more yeah. consistent or yeah, present in my life would be would be very helpful but yeah, in terms of my week, on a very different note, <laughs> on a much more student <laughs> level, because <laughs> you're obviously on a higher level right, right now. <laughs> 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 nah, you're not. This guy. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Uh, but so my highlight from the week was basically a is it a pledge? Um, I made a I made a promise slash pledge to a friend that I would wake up at 5:30 a.m. every morning for the entire week, and I gave my friend 50 pounds, and I said take this 50 pounds if i don't wake up 5 30 every day and send you evidence then you can keep the 50 pounds and and like I, I woke up every day at the time because i wasn't trying to lose 50 pounds and it, it just it worked you know what I mean? it's something i've discussed and met, like it's been thrown in conversation in the past and i was like it's about time you know we've only got a few more weeks of term i really want to do like as well as i can in the next few weeks so waking up early is so instrumental in increasing the chances of that happening so let me just do it. Um, and I did it, and it, I'm, I'm very, I'm relatively happy with how it went. Um, obviously, I didn't have the perfect week, but it was a lot better than it would have been if I didn't wake up early, in my opinion. Who initiated that? Was it you or your friend? 
me, me, me. Because okay. I just came out of a week where I felt like I was, like, yeah. I was down under a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I was rushing too much. I wasn't, my, my time management wasn't where I wanted it to be. So I was, I was like, I need to do something about this. Um, and that was the first thought that came into my head. And I was like, so initially I was just going to be like, let me wake up 5.30 every day. I was like, ah, am I really going to do that without some accountability or pressure? Mm. So I was like, let me get £50 that because that would hurt if I yeah. lost that. Um, I remember when I started doing it and it wasn't too long ago, yeah. Mm. And it w- I wouldn't say I was doing it consistently, but I felt like it was a superpower, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like being able to have five hours more in a day. Usually when it hits 10 or something, you're kind of groggy getting, bro, 10 and you've already done like four hours or three hours of something. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if it's just relaxing or whatever it is, it doesn't have to necessarily be that mad productive. Yeah. yeah. It's just so nice. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it is literally, it feels like a superpower, man. Yeah. And people look at you as if you have a superpower as well, because people who consistently wake up early are able to do a lot more with their day, which means they're able to like manage a lot more projects yeah. and then people look at them like bro or sis like how are you how yeah. are you able to do so much yeah and it's like bro i like i wake up I, I mean i wake up two hours earlier than you yeah you mean five seven days a week that's 14 hours yeah i can you mean i can do a whole nother project yeah <laughs> it's as simple as that it's quick literally, maths literally, um man. but yeah and i i, I i'm not trying to <laughs> i'm not trying to uh, basically the, the second week is going to be interesting now because i'm going to try to <laughs> not put 50 yeah. pound again yeah. and see if i've Built a habit. Yeah. So we'll I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, next week's going to be interesting. <laughs> see how it goes, innit? Yeah. But I think one thing, like, in terms of those kind of longer ambitions of, like, sustained habits, I do think it's a large element of how many times you get back up, but not how many times you get knocked down. Yeah. So not how many times did you not wake up at 5.30, but how many times you're still like, I'm still going to try tomorrow. I'm still going to try. T- I'm still going to. And mm. just continuing mm. that ethos, because... There's gonna inevitably be moments where it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't bang, and I think it's just having the resilience of still going. Like, I still wanna achieve this, mm-hmm. this goal, and just knowing why. Like, why am I trying? Why am I trying to do it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, man. Hundred percent. Yeah. Sounds like we had interesting weeks, <laughs> man. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But what's interesting about the two things I watched? They were very coincidental. I just literally happened to come across them. Usually, when I come across something like that, yeah, I would just be like, I'll watch it later or something. But yeah. So it so it went in it. Mm. Um, Muhammad Abu Bakr, the man, the man, Muhammad yeah, Abu Bakr. Trust me, bro. Man, come in in a suit, you know. Bro, <laughs> when he came in in a suit, I was like, yes, yeah, mate. Yeah. To be fair, I think if he was here, if he was here, he'd be like, bro, I came after work. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah obviously. I, I obviously. Felt, yeah, <laughs> he was a trying to flex. He will make, make that point. Like, listen, yeah. man, I come after work. I don't normally dress like that. Yeah. Um, to be fair, yeah, he's one of the most best dressed friends of mine that I have so yeah. I, have to, I have to put that out there yeah, still I'm not surprised um he was the first one I saw with the Moschino converses you're doing things for real for real <laughs> <laughs> so yeah big up Noah you um, know what one thing I'll say on this, uh, this this is a tangential point feel free yeah. to cut out in the video I've, I've begun to think a lot more about my style of fashion since I've come to uni since I've grown how come no, 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 I feel like the way you dress is important. It used to, I used to think it's not important because, like, who cares how you dress? It doesn't actually ha- practically add much to your day-to-day. But I think it I just reflects... I think it's it's a way to... Uh, trying to phrase this in the best way possible. I think it's just a, it's a creative outlet, in a way. Um, you, you get autonomy, agency over yeah. how you want to be seen. Yeah. And how, and how you want to see yourself. Right, because it's not just about how you're seen by others; it's about how you see yourself. Um, 
and it's very similar to it's, it's kind of similar to going to the gym and making sure you stay healthy um you just want to be I don't know, you want to be in the, in, the, in the most optimal condition possible. And if you think a certain style is optimal, it, it aligns with your, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's just a, it's, uh, maybe I'm just making yeah. this too abstract, but the nah, point I'm trying to make is that it's a creative outlet, which is a beautiful thing. The same way writing or reading or, or running or sports are creative yeah. outlets, this is a creative outlet. I don't know how much this says about me, yeah, but I remember thinking at a point, I want to start wearing clothes that I could go into any room Mm. and not feel like oh, I don't I don't feel comfortable wearing this. Mm. What does that say about clothes? It, say, it says that they, clothes have meaning, right? Yeah. I think clothes are just... Yeah. Like, one thing... Look, so I mentioned him, with, uh, like, Mohammed wearing the, the machine of Converse, yeah. That, that communicates something in it. Um, but I also think... Anything that has meaning like that, yeah, can sometimes be overburdened with meaning. And I think that's kind of what you said, like, probably why a lot of people think clothes don't matter, like, it doesn't mean anything, because what is important isn't what I'm wearing. Yeah. Um, but I think there's definitely a balance. 100%. Like, we're not going to exaggerate the importance of clothing. Yeah. But it's just something I've increasingly, I found a bit more Why did you not it? care? Oh. <sighs> I'm trying to, because I have conflicting views. One like one part of my brain is saying, bro, like don't get materialistic, like don't start. I don't know. It depends on where you see value. Am I seeing value just in the price tag, or am I seeing value in the quality, the design, some of the less materialistic aspects of the product? Um, I think that's an important thing to, to think about. And I, I like there are there are a few examples that come to my head. Like I forgot the name of the brother, but he came to an event that Sudan Sok hosted, and I remember him saying he every room he goes into, he wears the tracksuit. You know who I'm oh talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there are people like him that clearly, um, I don't know, would you say he just doesn't like place, uh, obviously we can't speak on behalf of him, he's not here, but like someone who has similar views, would you say he just doesn't place a lot yeah. of value on certain types of clothing? I suppose so. Right? Yeah. Like, is that a fair, impl um, yeah, is that implied yeah. in, in a way? Like he, he doesn't think that a suit is, 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 is a higher status or yeah. higher value yeah. item than a tracksuit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we can't say in it. But I just found that very interesting experience for someone to say that in front of me and like live that principle, you know what I mean, in front of me as well. And also, another thing that comes to mind is um, do you remember that partner? Basically, me and Sadadeen, we went to a law I firm. I remember we were talking <laughs> about it straight away. <laughs> we went to a law firm. It's kind of a, it's a fancy place, as most law firms are. And then this one partner rolls through. Go on, say the story. Oh, he's wearing trainers. He's wearing, and he's wearing nice trainers with yeah. a with a almost full suit, like yeah. suit trousers, uh -huh. and I think a shirt jumper, and he might have been wearing a blazer. Yeah. But I just remember that we talking about clothes communicating something. Yeah, that communicates. Man runs this place. Bam. It's it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy because a train like a trainee, a junior level lawyer could not do that. There's no way he, they could do that. They'll they will be asked to go home before they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, so. But at the same time, a question I want to ask you, this is so off topic, yeah? Nah, let's but go, like, let's go. would he, do you think it would be cool for him to, there, there are limits, there are limits, right? For, for most people, there are limits. Do you think it would be cool for him to walk in with a tracksuit? That's a great question. I think it has a lot to do with the importance you place 
on the room, on like the world you enter. Because I've been thinking about this a lot recently, right? I've spoken to my friend about this on the phone, this idea of fearlessness. So before you came to uni, yeah, I would, before I came here, right, I would go into any like work experience thing, job world thing, whatever, and ask any, like ask any question. I don't care because I don't, like this is not my world. Mm. But slowly and slowly you get acclimatized, <laughs> that becomes your world. So yeah. what you say even if it doesn't, you think you be, you convince yourself it has implications. It might mean I get blacklisted in this thing. It might mean they will have a negative impression of me. And let's say I want to work in that place in five years. And so slowly and slowly it becomes your world. So then you start becoming, I don't know, less fearless. It depends how you look at it. You might say more um, pragmatic, more pragmatic, more <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Do you get me? Realist, more realistic yeah. or whatever. But you definitely, what I would consider, lose that fearlessness. And I think that fearlessness is very good because that fearlessness if we're talking about things like remembering death da, 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 that is how you would probably act if you knew you had for example three months to live you'd live in that level of fearlessness you'd step into every room and just do not be silly in it it's not about just being reckless but it's about just being fearless mm. and i think that links to the clothes thing because i don't know maybe maybe it's a false analogy to say yeah you can go into a tracksuit it's fearless so yeah, man. So the story about clothes. So I went to an internship here at a, at a, like a financial place. And this was, I think, the first, this is the first business. I w this is the first building I went to that had glass walls, yeah. Like, you know, like everything just <laughs> yeah, glass, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can see the view of London. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that kind of proper. And it's everything. When you're in that mode, yeah, for everyone that's been there, it j everything just excites you, man. Like, Bro, like you have your name on like the cups, you have your name on the water bottles, you have these glass bottles that kind of pop open with a screw that kind of oh, stays. You know everything yeah. just like yo, <laughs> you know like you just want to take. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like it's mad. It's yeah. mad. So anyway, I used to think what the everything is important that you wear, but socks are not important. I like for me that was not part of what you're wearing. Mm. Socks is almost for me it was almost like underwear. It's like Bro, it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. I'll wear whatever socks I want. <laughs> where, like, literally. Yeah. And you couldn't tell me any different because you don't know what you don't know, innit? So I used to think, okay, look, I'm wearing, like, formalish trousers, formalish top, formalish shoes. I've done my job. My job is done. You get me? I'm done. I've, I've, I've ticked your box in terms of dressing well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, like, I think I'm, like, 17 at this point, yeah? And they got me with, like, this small team. And everyone's reasonably friendly. And... I used to have a big issue with socks, man. I don't know why, but I used to never think about socks when I'm putting my outfit together. So I used to rush when I'm leaving. You know, yeah, like yeah, you have so 15 you minutes left. Any left socks you can have, whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, I used to kick a lot of football growing up here. Yeah. I still play football now. <laughs> so the only socks that were available, right, were these bright, bright, bro. When I say bright, yeah, yeah. it was literally like almost ultraviolet, bro. Like neon thing. Bro, yeah. almost neon, but white, yeah. But they were fresh. <laughs> Fresh Colgate, and Colgate. thick, <laughs> thick football socks, yeah. yeah. Like, bro, thick, yeah. yeah. So they they were, like, cuffed up by, like, just <laughs> on the shin. Yeah. Mad. So anyway, they were the only ones there. I was like, this is fine. I'm just going to wear this. Put it on. And I was like, no, I'm really going to see it. Trousers cover it, whatever. But, you know, suit trousers, yeah. they can ride up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sitting down, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm semi in my mind. I'm like, yeah, this is, I had to make sure. But at the same time, I was like, it's not that deep. It's just socks. Like, who's, who's going to really care? You get me? Sitting down, 
chatting to one of the guys, like he's a senior, he's a managing director or something, like pretty high yeah. up there. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Whole two weeks is done. Gets to the last day of the week, yeah. You know, like you're having your heart hearts before you leave. He's like trying to bust you on that <laughs> advice, or whatever. And he's like, listen, I'm gonna be very rude. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a bit rude with you here. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, what can you say, bro? I'm like, yeah, sure, like go for it, innit? I'm like, bro, come on, like you got chat to man. Like, what, <laughs> what, like, man, get me, I done my thing again. It's that fearlessness, like I just come in for the bands. Like, you're not gonna hurt my feelings, whatever yeah. you say, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy goes, so you come in the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so you come in the other day, and you had these, these like ridiculous <laughs> socks. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what? And then I remember, I was like, oh, <laughs> crap, those white socks. And you know, you start getting bears of conscious. Yeah. You start like, <laughs> <laughs> still wearing them. Uh, yeah. Bro, and I'm like, and in crazy. my head, I remember, do you know what I said to you? I didn't, you don't know, you don't know. I could not believe that that was a point of conversation. I was like, what that bro that's my socks like what in my head i was like what the hell has that got to do with me? <laughs> but obviously when you're sitting at your desk and you have this guy wearing bright white yeah, football yeah, socks yeah. yeah it's a bit mad isn't it um bro there's a second half of the story but i'm not even gonna go into it it's a, it's a bit of a joke thing but anyway yeah so that was that was my my clothes thing crazy at black rock bro you see like you see muhammad yeah just not even him not even his words <laughs> his actions the way he presents himself sparks a whole nother conversation yeah trust me but um, should we get into some reflecting on yeah, man. some of the substance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, chat to us. Yeah, man. Like, uh, the Mohammed episode, one one thing, something you mentioned right at the start is when he went to his meeting at RADA, so like a team building exercise, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. And he said something along the lines of, I went in expecting one thing and I came out and what, what, what I ended up doing was a completely different ball game. So, yeah, now I'm going to talk about it. Then I'm going to ask you the question. So, yeah, he talks about... And I think... Yeah, I think this is a... Yeah, I think this is something I know that's happened to me a lot. Where you end up going to some... You end up going somewhere and it's just like a line. Or someone says something or you bump into someone or you hear something that you it might not register at the time, or it might, but you, you're, it makes you grateful for going to that place. And there's so many occasions where I feel like I was like five minutes away from not going, or two minutes, like just that a split second decision of going, Do you know I'm just gonna go to this event, or for me, it happens to be events, right? And I just go, and I think like a year down the line, six months down the line, oh man, I'm great, I'm glad I went there. It just sparks a thought, or a line of a line of thought, a conversation, or something that you're grateful for later on, and that's what him going to Rada and going in with one mindset of how it was going to be and coming out with another made what made me think about. So yeah, I, so yeah, my question to you is then, Suleiman, like, have you ever been in that position where you go in thinking one thing and you come out it being another? So I'm gonna answer your question in a sli slightly different way, but I hope it still hits hits the um, a similar type of point. Hits the spot. So, so the question that comes to mind through the question that comes to mind is, have I ever done something that I nearly didn't do, right? But I'm very gl glad and grateful that I did it. Yeah. That's one of the, yeah. That's one of the one of the ways yeah. to answer that question, right? 
and there are a few things that come to mind, but the biggest thing, and I know I've had this conversation with you already, so I hope I don't bore you with this answer, but essentially the one of the biggest things that have happened recently that I nearly didn't do was go on holiday with a group of guys in September, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, whatever, to Turkey. And the reason why I say that, and the reason why I'm bringing it up, is not just to talk about my holiday to Turkey, which was very sick. Obviously, get the, <laughs> get the painting in over there, beautiful. <laughs> It's because I nearly didn't do it. I very nearly didn't go. Why not? Because I had so many... I, like, I felt like I had so many other things to do that summer, um, like prepare for my final year. I had um, like written assignments. I was doing some stuff with Team Upside. There was just a lot of different excuses I could have um, pulled upon and I could have um, easily used um, to not go. But then the basically... the, the the reason why I'm sharing this story is because I used a sp very specific metric to, uh, I basically asked myself a question, and this is the type of question that I plan to ask myself every time I'm in a similar position where I don't know whether to do something. Ideally, you have two options, right? Like you can either go to an event, for example, or you can finish your essay, right? Let's say that's a very classic example of, of, um, of a dilemma. The question I would ask myself in, the question I would ask myself is, in 10 years time, would I, like, would I, in 10 years time, would I regret not mm. going to a certain thing? Would I, would I, would I, would I regret not doing X or Y? And I think it's a very powerful question. It's a very powerful question because I, I feel like I can make way more excuses for something I kind of roughly know then I can make excuses for something I have little knowledge about. So me going to Turkey, it's very uncertain what that experience will look like. I don't know much about that. There's a lot, there's a lot to explore. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of mystery with that option. Whereas me, for example, finishing an essay, I've done that every week. I know what that looks like. I know what it means to like, do it again in a few days or ask for an extension or you know I mean, do it over the holidays. That's, I know what that means. So I think I've, I'm, I'm, the, way I, the way I'm trying to articulate it is I think it's very it's very uh, not good but it's it's better for me personally to go towards the unknown mm -hmm. to go towards the mystery to go towards the uncertainty because that's where the growth happens right that's where you might regret it of course you might regret it but like you're more wise as a result of it do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say um I, I don't uh, yeah I'm not sure if yeah. I articulate it the no, best I, way I agree with you I think also there's two sides of that so mm. one is like your experience in Turkey where you're, you're very glad you went. Now, exactly, hindsight. And yeah, in hindsight. And, but there's also the flip side of going somewhere and being like, that was dead. And, no, and it, w it just is what you, everything you thought it would be, it, mm. it happened to be that. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of one time I went, this was last year, like, so this time last year, I went to Utrecht, which is in the Netherlands, for six days, yeah. And one of the reasons I went was kind of that line of thinking, like, look, it's going to, yeah, I mean, it might be sick. I don't know what it's going to be like. It was like a study trip to learn about social entrepreneurship in Utrecht. So for me, that's things I'm interested in. Um, and it was... What's yeah, Utrecht? Was Utrecht is a, place in, is, a, is a place in the Netherlands. Okay, yeah. It's a, it, yeah, it's, on, it's near the border of, of Netherlands, Netherlands and Belgium. Okay, cool. Um, so it ended up being... Like, to this day, I don't know. You know that 10-year rule? Maybe in a couple of years, I might think it was good. But, bro, it was so dead, bro. Like, I just... 
But the one silver lining, mm. I was about to go to Netherlands for a year abroad. So <laughs> based on those six days, I've been to Netherlands before and I really liked it. I went to Utrecht. I did not like it. And I think the university I was going to go to was closer to Utrecht than where I went before, which was Amsterdam. And so that that silver lining is that, look, I know like the Netherlands is lit. I, I really like it. And there are really good things about it, but I'm not trying to spend a year there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. based on that experience, mm. even though it in and of itself, uh, like as things stand, yeah, I I think I could have done without it. Yeah. And again, maybe in like five, ten years, whatever, I might be able to reap the the fruits of it, wherever they are. Yeah, they're very they're, they're hiding themselves very <laughs> well at the moment. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it allowed me. It made me more confident in that decision of going. I don't want to spend a year abroad, even though. As you know, yeah, I was on yeah, spending yeah, a year abroad. Yeah, of course, yeah. So yeah, I, I see what you mean, and I think taking it, taking both things into account is good. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think yeah, moving towards uncertainty, kind of like doing. I don't know. That's that's like it's the spice of life, right? Yeah, the spice 100%. of life. Just doing things that you haven't done before. Yeah. Because you I mean you kind of broaden the frontiers. You broaden, yeah. you broaden your. Mi- I mean, it's, it's it sounds super generic. Like that's why people go traveling because you broaden your mind, your horizon. Yeah, yeah. But it's true, man. It's facts. It's, it's it's facts a lot of the time, and it it applies beyond traveling. It applies to meeting people, going to events. Yeah. I think there's another element of that, which is your, if you're at a period of your life where you are, perhaps the most free, mm. then it's 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 a great time to do it. Of course, it's not like the only time you'll get to do all of these things, but it's a great time to, to take advantage of all of those opportunities. Yeah, um, you know what, do you want to talk about this a bit more? Like, do you feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah? are you happy to talk I about r- this? I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because you're, some, you're someone that I, I look at as um, as someone that's willing to, um, I don't even know, how I keep saying this phrase, but it's difficult to articulate my thoughts sometimes. Um mind man you don't want to be inside (laughs) (laughs) too much going on brother too much you seem to you seem to be the type of person correct me if i'm wrong that enjoys taking risks yeah explore that unpack that with me bro do you know what it is i don't know how this sounds but i always think to myself it's a joke that I'm here, man. Like, what am I doing here? Oh my god, I love that you say that, Ak, man. I love that you say that, brother. Oh my god, keep talking, Ak. keep talking. So, <laughs> when I was younger, me and my friends after football, we'd go into hotels, yeah, literally for no reason. If you're asking what's the reason, there was no reason. It would just look, it just looks sick. So we'll be happen to be somewhere fancy, like we're from West London, so there's a lot of fancy hotels, yeah. So like the Hilton and. Like near Labrock Grove, we'll see it, but like, God, that's wavy. Let's just go inside, innit? We'll never, we'll, there's no reason for us to ever be in this place ever <laughs> in our lives uh, as things stand. So let's just go inside and we'll just do this thing where let's just see how far we can go. I like, love Let's just see. Gangsters, real. Bro, what, and we do dumb, bro. Like, this is the level of, we go into the toilet, the napkins were mad. Bro, the napkins, I've never seen napkins like this before. Yeah? They were so <laughs> thick, bro. They were like towels, innit? Yeah. And we used to take them, bro. <laughs> We, like, we used to be like, bro, these are way we, like, just, there's no reason we see a pen, yeah, like, yeah. we go into a conference room, they'd just be happy to be empty, be like, bro, this is sick, yeah. and we just kind of enjoy that moment together, Yeah. and 
that same mentality of let's just see how far we can go because bruv it's not that deep and it kind of links back to that idea of fearlessness is mm. the same thing i just i hope i never ever lose that man i hope i never take things so serious that i'm not afraid to take risks i don't know if serious is the right word so that that's why yeah man. that sense of adventure man it, it yeah it links right back to what we were talking about right back to what yeah. we were talking why about. did you why did you love that i said that well, your first, your first yeah. sentence, like it's, 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 it's a joke that I'm here because it's a joke, bro. Like, it's just I don't know if you, if you, if you brought my year ten self here, or my year eleven self here, um, and you told him where I'd be right now, beyond the, beyond the the superficialness of Cambridge and the, you mean like all of that stuff, he'd be super shocked by that, of course. But in terms of my, in terms of where I am, in terms of, let's see. All right, cool, man. That was that was really enjoyable to talk about. Uh, yeah, that was it was interesting how like so many different avenues we went down, um, and my topic of reflection is is quite different. It's it's quite different to um, the stuff we've talked about already. It's it's to do with it's to do with something that was an uh, I feel like an underlying theme. Maybe that's a bit too strong. It's something that was very prominent in the conversation we had with Mohammed, and it was around the idea of family. So I feel like he, so one, okay, before I even get into it, yeah, one thing I just want to say straight off the bat is something I love about his character is how much credit he gives to other people. Um, like not even, yeah, credit is one word or just a, I just love, like, it's, you know, <laughs> the ultimate guide to shout outs, like the small clip uh, we made on Instagram. Yeah. I just love that energy, man. I love how he mentions people all the time. Every chance he gets, he'll mention someone. It reminds me of you as well. And I think it's such a beautiful quality to have because it just, it makes, it just, it involves more people. It just, it just, it, it becomes a community, a village. It becomes more than just me and you. And if it, if it becomes more than just me and you, then it, it's more exciting. It's more, I mean, it just, it's like, like community vibes. So that's just something I want to say straight off the bat, but it does link to what I'm going to say. So he talks about his family. He talks about, how his family, his immediate family, siblings, mum, are his first community and his most important community. He he opened up to us. He talks a lot about the struggles he faced growing up, um, that being in a very precarious position when it came to like housing, um, and the, the the divorce that his family, uh, his um, parents had to go through as well. So he opened up a lot to us. But despite all of those struggles, he he was just he seemed so grateful for the way that he was raised. Um, and he th and and he said one line that stood out to me. He said, "I never felt poor." After saying so many things about his socioeconomic like um, kind of upbringing, he just said, "I never felt poor," which which really stood which really stood out to me. Um, and basically, the, the the question I have for you on this topic is about what we're grateful for in terms of the way we were raised. Like, what's one thing you love about the way you were raised? I have to say, though, as I, the older I get, the more I appreciate how much my family never made mountains out of molehills. Like, nothing, I feel like nothing was ever made to be the worst thing in the world, mm. even though. I could convince myself this is mad, like, boom, boom, boom. It kind of, 
like I just remember so many situations. Yes, most of which I won't share. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I've just been in, and it's kind of like, bruh, this is the end yeah. of the world, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like yeah. this is finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like your friend. You know, like if you say to your friend, your friend be like, bro, like it's not. Be like, bro, my parents are not like your parents. You know, like bro, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, different, yeah. bro. This is okay. I'm done out here. <laughs> get me. Yeah. So yeah, and so many times, and it's been like time and time again. And it's kind of been like, okay, like, don't get me wrong, but when when it first, <laughs> when it first breaks, when the news first breaks, <laughs> yeah, 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 it is, you get me, kickback, it's mad. But then after, it kind of, okay, that the house kind of goes back to normal, if that, not normal, but you get me, it's kind of like, okay, this is what it is, uh, let's kind of deal with it kind of thing. It's never, nothing is kind of hung over your head um, in my household, generally, like, it's like, I cool, this happened, boom, let's keep it moving, like, Either what are we gonna do about it or keep it moving, and that's a that's is something that I just really appreciate because, and it kind of gives me lessons kind of moving like dealing with people moving forward etc. And it's something if I have a family I want to replicate. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. life happens. I think that's the line I would say. Life happens, and it's about dealing with life when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say. I had a similar experience, man. Go on. Yeah, I mean, I w- I w- before I even talk about one thing that I love about the way I was raised, let's talk about this a bit more because there's, there's some juicy elements to this this idea of not feeling that things are insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you know what's crazy? I feel like in our previous conversation. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, so let me let me quickly just say what. The one thing yeah, that yeah, I'm, yeah, happy, I'm yeah, happy about. We'll yeah, so for me, for me, the one thing I'm very grateful to have been raised with is, you know what's mad? I was actually thinking about this question and I was going to use fearlessness as well. And I was gonna, let me give you a precise example. God, great minds, bro. Bro, it's crazy. It's crazy. My mum, that single parent household, my mum, yeah, is so fearless. So she, like, like, for me, the epitome of <laughs> when I was like, okay, listen, when I was seven, eight, nine, is a blur those di- those those di- those times, but I was basically the transition from you're not a child anymore, so you're not a child anymore. So you're like your uncles will look at you like, Rod, you think you're a big man now, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> you're like, you know, like it's that transition to not adulthood but adolescence. Yeah. And I remember my mom told me to go. Okay, it was like 9 p.m. This is Havelock Estate, <laughs> Southall, and my mom was telling my mom told me to go get milk from the shops, or like n- maybe not go milk, um, fill up fill up the electricity thing you know yeah, the cards yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it's called and these times my block was hot in it like I, w- I wasn't involved in anything i was nine but i was probably i was in primary school but you just know when like there are always dozens of guys just hanging outside the corner shop where their milk is and where <laughs> so i was like to my mom do you know what time it is like there's i mean there's gonna be 20 20 mandem like just 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 outside i mean they might even try do you know what I mean because i heard about People losing their scooters or bikes, <laughs> so I've been I've been hearing a lot from my Mom, friends. I'm not trying to lose my scooter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was in that situation, and she was looking at me like, "Are you mad? Like, are you mad? What are they gonna do to a little kid?" So she walked me down there, right past the guys, and got the milk and got whatever we needed, and walked right back out. Like, she was, and I, I'm not gonna over exaggerate it. They were probably like 15, 16 year olds. So now looking at them like they're kids or like they're young, they're young, they're young guys. But it's quite intimidating, you know what I mean? Like to walk through twenty guys yeah. in trackies at night. Yeah. But she did it like it was. You know what I mean? She was rolling through Westfield, 
village. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. That's just a, that's just a very um, stark example that comes to my mind of how she, the things that I was like scared of, <laughs> to be very honest with you, she just, it, it wasn't her frame of reference and she would just go out of her way to make sure that I wasn't afraid of those things too. Um, but yeah, so I think fearlessness is a, is a big thing for me as well, man. But yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up because we've had a very long conversation. Mm. Um, I want to ask something about that before we wrap up. Where, where do you think that comes from? My mum? Your mum's fearlessness. I don't know, man. I would say... I would say Mom's fearlessness. There's a lot of different angles I can take this down. Number one, the fact that she grew up in a um, an immigrant household. So her parents were first generation immigrants, came from Pakistan, built their uh, a whole new life um, in a foreign country, and had to deal with real racism back in the seventies. You know, like not not joke thing. Like, oh, stop, <laughs> I can't, can't say joke thing, <laughs> it. But um, they were dealing with real racism. Oh, I need to change the word real. They were dealing with they were dealing with very overt forms of racism um, from the National Front yeah, or whatever. Real racism. <laughs> 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 Liar, bro, you're killing it. <laughs> but basically, no, one of the reasons is because they grew up in a household where their parents were the epitome of like fearlessness. Moving to a completely different land is fearless, bro. To not know anybody, to, not, to, to have very little support, it's just it, to basically go to another world. <laughs> it's basically as simple as that. Like, would you go to another world? Would you, if you could, you if you were the first cohort to go to Mars, how, how would you be? Would you be on that? Would would you would you be comfortable doing that? You probably wouldn't because it's a completely different place. It's very similar to that, I'd say. So that's number one. And number two, being a single parent means you have to do a lot of things by yourself, um, and you have a lot of responsibility. So you ain't got. You can't. Be, you can't, just can't be scared. It's not an option. Because if you're scared, then your children are scared. And if your children are scared, then then, um, then you just probably don't feel like you're doing your job. Um, and it, you, you, I mean, that's last resort. That's something you, that's not on the, on the cards, basically. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say those are some of the reasons, probably. Mm. Yeah, man. Big old auntie. Big old auntie, yeah, mumsy. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I think our mums are very similar in, that in, in, the, in a certain way because... Yeah, we'll talk about this after the off the record. <laughs> off the record. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, yeah, Mohammed Abu Bakr, man, thanks so much for coming down. One of my good, good, good good friends, yeah, man. man. Yeah, yeah, like, serious, bro. That guy, man, honestly, just different class, bro. Mashallah, serious, man. And uh, he like he came with so much energy as yeah, well in terms man. of love for the project. Bro, do you know one thing about Mohammed Abu Bakr? Any time I have a project, bro, yeah, I ring, bro. I want, I need, you, bro. I asked him to do the most. I'll tell you what it is. But anytime I have a project, he'll be like, bro, I'm back. I'm down, bro. Like, what what, what do you need to do? I'm down, bro. So on it. And he's a busy guy, bro. He's got so many things he's doing. He's got so many responsibilities. And that came through. Like, mm. he really does look after his family, man. Mm. Like, anyone that knows him or, or even follows him on social media, even though that's not the, the biggest insight, but tr- anyone that truly knows him knows that this guy looks after his family and he really does put his family above everything else. But... Yeah, I remember one time, bro, I messaged him. Uh, bro, imagine you get a WhatsApp from... And we don't talk all the time. We yeah. talk, but we not, t- you know, all the time, yeah? Mm-hmm. Even though we are very close. I messaged him on WhatsApp saying, bro, I need you to do... What was it? You know Morpheus and Neo? Yeah. In The Matrix, yeah? I basically was making like a short film, yeah? And I was like, bro, I need you to say... What did he say? Oh, he said something to Neo. 
when Morpheus is like, you think you call that hard? You need to try harder or something like that, innit? Yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, I need you to say that. <laughs> like, literally just look into a camera and I sent him the clip from Tony Matrix. I was like, bro, I need you to do this into a camera. Can you do that for me, please? I didn't tell him why. Yeah. I didn't tell him what was it. He's like, bro, I got you. <laughs> He's like, bro, I got you. Any I was like, look, I was like, low, bro, are you sure? He's like, yeah, bro, come on, man. Anything, come. Bro, he did it. Free takes. Free takes. Free takes. <laughs> bro, he gave me free takes. Bro, different, man. I sent it also to Connor, who's, who's yeah. um, another person I look forward to having a conversation with. Same thing. He's like, bro, anything, man. Like, would, would you, bro, <laughs> just down, innit? So, yeah, man. Nah, man. Nah, one in a million. Trust million. me, man. On that bombshell, thank you for watching. Yeah, man. This episode of Have You Met. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on, subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah, man. Um, YouTube's a big one. Yeah. Let me, let me just emphasize that a little bit. Like, yeah. YouTube is a platform we want to do more on. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of potential on, on 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 the platform, so if you can subscribe to that, that'll be that'll be cool. But if you don't want to, as Adidas would say, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't have to. We're not begging it, you know. What I mean? <laughs> We're not trying like yo, you don't have to do nothing. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you want to, do it. Yeah, and share this with someone that you think might appreciate it. Yeah, powerful. Boom. <laughs>